Blog Talk Radio. Ah. Yeah, bring that bass. Bring that bass. Guitar, come to me. Jay, what you doing? Y'all throwing a party back there. party back here. What about, I'm in the room, the studio with the microphone, and it's a glass between me and the rest of the people. And there's like about 30 people inside the glass. Every time he starts playing some music from the continent or just some good bass line, some good rumba style music, he always wants to throw a little extra because everybody starts dancing, everybody starts partying, and I'm sitting here tied to a board with a headphone on my head, a microphone. Looking at everybody going off in the back, waving a hand in the air, and you know, oh my goodness. People, what's going on this side? You catch the Benga. Hope you're doing well. Hope everything's going fine this July 4th weekend. Thanks for tuning in from wherever you are. Uh, belated happy Independence Day for the Democratic Republic of the Congo. That was this past Tuesday, uh, June 30th, our 49th year of independence. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to being in Congo for the 50th. I'm not missing. You, you know. Congo's going to be rocking for the 50th anniversary. I believe it was uh, Canada Day also, July 1st. is uh, Independence Day for Canada. I'm not too sure, but I believe it is. July 4th for the, the Americans, the United States of America. A lot of times people say the Americans, you have people in South America saying, hey, look, I'm American also. So what's going on? So just to clarify, we're talking about the uh, United States of America. Uh, happy Independence Day. Hope everybody's doing well. I have a really sore throat today. And it was really a struggle of not saying, you know what, we'll do this next week because my throat is just, it's one of those things where your throat hurts and it's going up to you like the back of your eyeballs. And you're like, oh, 
But anyways, again, this is Saeed Kekese Dabinga. How are you guys doing out there? You want to reach out to me? 646-595-2892. 646-595-2892. You can also chat with me live if you're hearing this on the Internet. On your computer, just click on the chat icon, and you can email in your questions. Sometimes that's the best way to do it because I can just read it off the air. Some people sometimes will have a difficult time getting connection on their phone. So today's Groove, people, is a very interesting show that I actually didn't even think about doing until literally about four days ago when I was uh, – well, here's the genesis of the of of the flow. I was watching. I was going on a one of my podcast downloads. There was a link on Yahoo that was talking about, you know, President Obama's trip overseas, you know, to uh, the meetings of the G8 to Russia and what have you. And it was very interesting that one of the links talked about that while he was in Ghana, he was going to display his uh, vision for Africa. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. And they showed they interviewed some people. Uh, one was a black American lady from here, the, the States, talking about how, you know, oh, he went to Kenya and he rubbed his hands across his father's grave and it's going to be an emotional trip to Ghana. And some people are asking, why didn't he go to Kenya? And they say he went to Ghana because of the transitional trans, uh, change of power in reference to the democracy. Uh, there's some problems going on in Ghana also. Don't, don't sleep. All right. That's my phrase right there, uh, my words. And, you know, how it can be very emotional, how he's going to go to the slave castles and all those kind of things. And I was watching it and was getting kind of nauseous because it was very interesting that you didn't really hear about this journey to the motherland among a lot of uh, the news outlets when he went to Egypt. I mean, he went to see the pyramids. Oh, they're kind of big, you know. He went to go see the pyramids. I believe his wife was in uh, Paris at the time, so I don't know. But they didn't make this kind of uh, emotional connection to the continent when President Obama went to Egypt. But now they're saying that he's going to go to quote-unquote black Africa, sub-Saharan Africa. Well, now it's going to be the emotional trip to the slave castle where all the captured Africans were caught before they were sold off to slavery. And that's very interesting. And again, let's go for the half. We'll talk about We'll save this the first half hour up until uh, 6.30. We're going to talk about the uh, – I'm going to try to focus on the uh, black American side of this equation. Then for the other half hour, we'll focus on the African side of this equation. And we can link these two to the same coin. And it's not a diss to the African brothers and sisters, and it's not a diss to the black American brothers and sisters. It's just a very interesting perception that um, Obama seems to represent in reference to um, what exactly is black and what exactly is African. And I ask that because it wasn't too – let's go a little while back to the movie, School, uh, School Day by Spike Lee, where they had the jigaboos for the dark-skinned ladies, and I can't remember what he called the light-skinned women. It was talking about the class, uh, the racial class within the black culture of dark skin versus black, uh, light skin. And there wasn't a time not too long ago, and a lot of people still kind of hold that out, that if one of your parents was not quote-unquote black, and we're going to get to that question of what exactly black is, then you weren't really black. This did, this did not just come from the non-black Americans. It didn't come from the Anglos and the Klan. Only. This came from some black people. You have the Creoles down there in New Orleans. It was considered that, okay, this person is really black, you know. Oh, you know, I think there's a line where the dark-skinned girl in school day says, she says to her uh, boyfriend paid by Lawrence Fishburne, oh, you're, he was kind of like light-skinned, saying, oh, you're just dating me because I'm a dark-skinned sister to show how black you really are. And it was interesting that when Obama, President Obama ran for office up there against my fraternity brother, I believe it was uh, rushing, up there in Chi Town, he was saying his opponent was saying he's not really black, and by that it came to people took that to mean that he didn't grow up in the ghetto, he didn't have the quote unquote black experience, he didn't quote unquote you know fight the struggle, you know his roots aren't really in Africa in, in America. It was really interesting hearing this 
And it wasn't just from him. It was from a whole lot of people, particularly from that generation, those that fought during the the civil rights. So I remember coming fast forward, listening to Fresh Air on NPR some time ago, where the host was asking a brother who was supposed to be an activist out there in New York, working the streets and stuff like that. I believe he was from Brooklyn. She asked him, how is it the fact with you that here he is, your first black, your first quote-unquote black president, his father's from Kenya, and his mother's white. Well, the activist responded. This guy's supposed to be like some high-esteemed activist in New York. The first thing, he came back and said, well, I focus more on the fact that he didn't have a father in his life. And you can almost hear the lady chuckle on NPR and almost in disbelief. And I'm shaking my head saying, okay, that's what he focused on. He says, he goes, yeah, I focus on the fact that he didn't have a father in his life and look all he did. Okay. Well, let's go on that same show, uh, NPR's Fresh Air, where they talk with uh, Aegis Alba. You know, a lot. He's on the wire. He's a great actor, a very great actor. Always does his stuff. And uh, it's when he was interviewed by Fresh Air's NPR that that he was asked the question about what was his biggest shock when he came to black America, when he came to America and he interacted with black people here. Because a lot of people don't notice that on the wire when he talks, he's actually from England. And when you hear him talk, you can hear the accent uh, you know, clear as day. Well, what he said was, he said the first shock he recognized that, well, when he had met, some, when he met black, um, black folks here in the United States, he would ask them where they're from. And they would say, I'm from Atlanta, or I'm from North Carolina, or from Arkansas. And then he'll ask, where are you really from? And they'll say, North Carolina, Arkansas, or, you know, Atlanta. And she said, you know, was that, you know, how that strike you? Well, he said, now, mind you, he's from, his father is from Sierra Leone. Uh, he was DJ for one of the biggest DJ sets in England called Sound International, for those that know the roots and culture of reggae and music. Uh, I believe Soul to Soul talked about him on their song. And... He had mentioned that, you know, by the way, his father loved Congolese music, just, you know, just to get that in there. But he had mentioned that everybody, most, most of the black folks in England are either African or Afro-Caribbean. They have roots directly to Africa if they're not from Africa directly, or they have roots to the West Indies if they're not directly from the West Indies. And he realized, he was surprised, he was actually said he was shocked to see the, desk, the disconnect that the black folk have in America from the West Indies, Africa, any place, basically. He said that really surprised him, and he said he said it, it just it took him a while to really realize how deep it was because no matter where he went, he would ask people the same question. They were like, "Hi, you know, they, their roots went as far as you know Los Angeles, California." And I really thought about that because I used to ask people that myself also. I'm like, you know, what you know, particularly if they had like a weird name or there was just something about the way they spoke. And I asked, you know. Where are you from? You know, from L.A. Well, where's your family from? I'm from, like, Chicago. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, we bring that to President Obama. Why is it so important? Why is it such a big ado of him going to Ghana versus Africa? Why does it even matter? Because the reason I ask is that if years ago, if you were a half black, you weren't considered really black by black people, how is it that people embrace Obama now, being that his father is directly from Kenya and his mother is a white woman from the Midwest? Years ago, people would say he's not really black. You have to wonder, you know, as I read his book um, uh, about his father that I was giving to my aunt, you have to wonder, is there a schism or a schizophrenia that's popping up in black culture? And again, you hear, me, you hear me saying black this, black that. Well, what exactly is black? And someone brought this, uh, this question to, I believe it was Ed Gordon during the election where they asked that. And again, people, you know, come to me with your questions. I really would like to hear your questions. If you want to call in, feel free, 646-595-2892, 646-595-2892. Or, you know, rock me an email. If you listen on the Internet, you can chat with me live. Ed Gordon said, well, when it came to President Obama and the criticism about him not having the black experience, 
he said, well, what exactly is the black experience? You know, there's the black experience in Chicago versus the black experience in Atlanta versus the black experience in Los Angeles versus the black experience in Miami. There's a black experience, where have you? But Obama was, was born in Hawaii. We know that. Grew up in Hawaii, Indonesia. Came back to the States. Was in Los Angeles for some time. Went to Chicago. He grew up around Muslims. The father Islam. He grew up different races in Indonesia. And I believe, I really believe uh, in his book, he really struggled to learn English when he, when he came to the States from Indonesia after being there for so long. Now, his father, again, is directly from Kenya. His mother is an Anglo from the Midwest. I believe Kansas. I'm not too sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. So how is it people are, are, are gravitating towards him, the black folk, are saying that we finally have a black president when these are the very same people, not but a couple of years ago, would say he's not really black. He didn't have to live in the ghetto. He don't have police records. You know, those stereotypes. Kanye West went through the same thing. Uh, my brother, my Congo, uh, when people deal with him, they're like, okay, is he really, you know, what is he? But you have to ask yourself that question because the black experience, sometimes I think our brothers and sisters in the States here make the, the, the mistake of thinking, the black experience here represents the black experience everywhere. And I remember Alvin Poussaint, uh, Dr. Alvin Poussaint, Bill Cosby advi- advisor on the uh, Bill Cosby show, said, once said during, uh, brought, when they were talking about um, Bill Cosby talking to the black community about responsibility and what have you, he said the history of all black people begins in poverty. And I was kind of a little taken aback by that because the history of my people, I'm from Congo, we didn't begin in poverty. I mean, when we first came to the States, it was very interesting, you know, the perception how people saw us versus how they, 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 they saw us when they got to know us. And I took, I was like, okay, if that is the case, then, again, what is black? And I can tie this to an incident, and I want you to tell me, listening, what is black to you? There's no right or wrong answer. It's just an opinion here. I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm not saying that what I'm saying is uh, the gospel. But what exactly is black? What exactly is an African-American? I was teaching my eighth, my eighth grade, and I, teach, I was teaching eighth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. I was teaching them last year. And we had a discussion one day about how a young lady, uh, we were doing a PowerPoint presentation in the eighth grade. Uh, she talked you know, about, I wanted to show their life. Uh, she's a light-skinned sister, eighth grader, very intense when it comes to studies, very intense. And when she did her PowerPoint presentation, it got to uh, the family. She said, basically put up there on the board. She said, she goes, I'm not mixed. I'm black. I'm not Christian. I'm Muslim. I don't like Italian food. I like soul food because soul food is made by a black person and not some European with a mustache. If you could have saw the reaction from her classmates, her name was Jendaya. If you can see the reaction of her classmates, you can see the mouth hit the floor. Me, I was so proud of her because she, she said who she was regardless of how people may have perceived her. And I even said it to her parents, like, you know what? Yeah, I said, you know, we have another one here. Great reaction from that class. Because it led to a discussion the next day when she happened to be out. People were offended that they were like, why did she have to say she wasn't a Christian? Why did she have to say she wasn't, you know, she's not mixed? What was the important? You know, she's African-American. So I asked the class, you know, uh, the black folk in the class, the young the brothers and sisters, well, what exactly is an African-American? I'm from Africa. I was born there. One of my other uh, students there, uh, Janet, is from, we're from the same country. We're Congolese. So I asked the class, you know, the black folk, what exactly is an African-American? And some will say, you know, it's our descendants, you know, came from Africa and what have you. I'm like, okay, where? They didn't know. And then I said to them respectfully, and I said to the 11th grade and the 10th grade, and we had this conversation. I said, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. If you want to see African-American, fine. But you have to learn about the African side of the equation versus the American side of the equation. 
You have to love both sides. You can't just wheel it off and say, oh, I'm an African, or you can't say the popular reframe that uh, uh, been said, I'm an African by, uh, by our, our black folks here in the United States, that I'm an African here in America. Well, I remember a lot of you who said that now were the very ones who didn't like Africans when you met one, me being one of them. So for me, again, what is an African-American? What is black? I want to know from you. I remember when John Kerry was running for office and his wife, Teresa Hines, was born. She's born in Mozambique. She grew up there. I believe she got her citizenship some time ago. So she said, I'm an African-American. Well, the biggest outcry didn't come from the black folk on the street. The biggest outcry came from the Congressional Black Caucus who was saying, well, who this woman to say she's black? She's African. An African-American, she goes, I'm an African. I was born on the continent. I came here and got my citizenship. I'm an African-American. What's the problem? So exactly, what, what is the problem? She said it. Is there some monopoly of who can say they're black on who, they say, who can say they're African? Is, again, are we seeing something with the fact that a lot of blokes, black folks are saying, he's going to go to Ghana, he's going to go to Ghana. But they didn't say anything when he went to Egypt? Remember, this is the country, Egypt, that got their independence a lot, a lot longer, um, earlier than Ghana did. But we'll get to the African side of this in the rest of this half hour. So, folks, let's take a no. We're gonna take a little break, but we're not gonna do that. So, what is it? I remember a young actress here in L.A. from Algeria. Her name escapes me. Beautiful actress. She gave a killer audition for our Roman piece. And we had a conversation one day, we were talking, and I said, so how has it been an experience for you, you know, as an actress from the continent, and you're dealing with black folk in the industry who are auditioning to play Africans, so you're auditioning against them to play yourself. And she brought up a situation where she had talked one day, she was at a photo shoot, she was doing a short, she was doing a film, and after the film, it's like a lot of black folks were involved. After the film, she had said that uh, the black cast member though I take it to be of dark skin, what have you, uh, got together for a photo shoot. Well, she wanted to join the photo shoot. Her, she looks, her complexion is like Rosaria Dawson, you know, light, kind of olive light skin, what have you, light, you know, light, you know, like, you know what I mean. <laughs> right. They say she couldn't be in the picture because it was just for the African-American. Mind you, she's from Algeria. So I asked her, what did you do? She said, she broke it down to those folks that she was born on, African, on the African continent, grew up in the African continent, knows the language of where she grew up on the African, where she grew up on the African continent, and that she's more African than they are. Because where, she asked them, where are you from on Africa? What language do you speak from the continent of Africa? What history do you believe and understand and know from the continent of Africa? And I was like, really? She goes, yeah. I'm like, what happened? She goes, I got my picture. So... Uh, black folks following the stereotypes of, of black being dark skin, or are we at a point now with President Obama that he being in the office, the fact his father that President Obama's skin is dark relative, you know, to the last couple of presidents, but it's not dark and, 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 and lovely like Michelle Obama's. Are we now saying we'll take what we can get? Are we, are we overlooking the fact that this is a guy whose father came straight from Kenya, mother from the Midwest of America. He was born in Hawaii and grew up in Indonesia. Are we, are we now saying, well, the fact that he has blackish-looking skin, and black, you must, for those who are listening out there in the continent, can vary from caramel cream to dark and lovely. So we include that spectrum. All right? So, are, we, are people overlooking that fact? Because what exactly is his roots in the black community, President Obama's? I'm asking you. I'm not questioning him. I'm putting the question to you, the listener. What exactly are his roots in the black community? You remember during the debate, they were taking call-ins from YouTube, I believe it was, or was it uh, MySpace? One of, the call, one of the people on the screen asked Obama, they talk about how do you answer the criticism that you're not black enough or what have you. And Obama came a little caught off guard. He's like, okay. But he said, he goes, you know, President Obama, then at that time, Senator-elect, uh, Senator Obama, said 
Uh, well, you know, when I go to New York and try to catch a cab, I think I I, I show, you know, my uh, my my blackness, and everybody started laughing. We knew what he meant, but he didn't really seem comfortable talking about. It. Even when he gave the race speech in Philadelphia, as they call it, the race speech, people really always, you know, a lot. He was saying that a lot of people, a lot of the Anglo's in his organization, the whites in his organization, his campaign were really nervous about the speech. They didn't want him to make that speech. But the black contingent in his campaign wanted him to make that speech. So there again, he's showing he understands. But where's his roots in the community? I'm asking you, where people can say he has the black experience. Because his experience, for him, that is his black experience, if you want to put a name on it. That is his black experience. Many black folks here didn't grow up like that. So how people to say that he's not black enough? But then again, conversely, why is the same people who, again, when he visited Egypt, they didn't say anything, but now he might go to Ghana. Well, my God, he's going to see the slave castles. Well, President Obama isn't a descendant of slaves on either side of his family. Now, let's, get, let's, let's put some history in here, though. Okay. His father, the we talk about the Middle Passage. We forget the Sahelian death trade because on the eastern side of Africa, we had to deal with the Arabs. They were coming down. There's a reason why Arabic and Swahili sounds alike. Very, very similar, very similar. We had to deal with the Arabs, slave traders, who took a whole lot more in that direction than they did in the Middle Passage. But then again, we'll just say the trade was the trade on both sides. All right. Now, so beyond that, not knowing the roots of Obama's President Obama's father, Obama's father doesn't have a history. Obama, if you saw go the, the traditions generational, Obama's father, the, Obama doesn't have any roots in slavery in America, which leads to another argument that came out of uh, Miami. No, actually, it came out of uh, came out of Harvard University. This was a few years ago, and someone had made a comment about African-Americans. I said, okay, what is it? The comment was, oh, and we have another email. Six people, you want to call in? 646? Five nine five two eight nine two. You ask me the question. So let's take a musical break here before we go on to our next segment here. All right? We do a little, a little music here for you guys. Hold on. Let's see what we have here in the cut. Do a little Tupac because we're international.
back we are back we are back so much conversation got struck up in the background by people wanting to know what was going on like what's up you know about this conversation you can actually hear me in the back so you know again we, we need to talk about these things and this again, again we're not dissing anybody or what have you what we're talking about is basically are we making a mistake when we focus on the race issue sometimes because we're looking at from two different lenses? One of my Cameroonian friends came to the States. She said uh, she's a Gaskin. She said the one thing she resented is that the black Americans were saying she was black. And she goes, I'm not black. I'm Cameroonian. And she said people were giving her a hard time about that. But how could they possibly give someone a hard time? You can't put, a, you can't put your blanket on somebody else if they grew up in a different house. You can't do that. It, it doesn't flow. It just does not flow like that. Now, we've been spending a lot of time with our brothers and sisters on the, on the other side uh, in this state. But, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot the Harvard situation. My apologies. Then we'll get to the Africans. Um, a few years back, an article was written at, the, I believe, in the Harvard, uh, one of the journals there, where the, uh, a West Indian student was troubled by the fact of she asked, what exactly is an African-American? What is black? And it came, it, it really, I wish I had the article here. I'd reference it, the date and time, you know, so you can look for yourself. But it was very interesting. She said it came about because the argument is that when she would go to these meetings, they would say, oh, it's just for African-Americans. She's West Indian. Her roots are closer to the, the African continent than the people in the, probably in the, in the meeting that she was going to. She said that they said that the definition of black is, people who, this, who are the descendants of slaves. She said, okay, more, nearly all of the West Indies are descendants of slaves because the captured Africans were brought from Africa to the West Indies, and then there was a transit point to the United States, Jamaica, Trinidad, all those places, Cuba. She, and when she brought that up, she said that people were offended. But she's like, wait a minute, we're descendants of slaves. So, what, so exactly, what is an African-American? It really created, it, it was, I really, I'm going to find that article and I'm going to reference this in our next show sometime in the future. But it had me thinking that is true. It reminded me of the Angolan Liberation Movement, and I'm going to tell you why. During the Angolan Liberation Movement, you saw a lot of Cuban soldiers over there at that time. And this was in 75. Well, you have to remember the reason why, and this was said by the soldiers from Cuba, the Cuban army. They said most of 
a predominant amount of them, they know, they all know that they, their ancestors came from were at the coast of the region of Angola and Congo. So for them to go back and help Angola get their independence, they felt was their moral du- was their moral duty. They had a debt to pay. I'll never forget that statement. So that's someone you know your roots. Now, if folks are so concerned about the continent, what have you, where's the uh, where's the outcry or the, the 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 advocacy for the West Indies? If if our brothers and sisters here are so upset about the immigration situation and the with the Latinos, what have you. What is the outcry advocacy for the Haitians who, when President Clinton was running for office, said he'd reverse the trend of the law of sending the Haitians back where the Cubans could touch the dirt, the sand, they can say. But when President Clinton got in office, he allowed that law to stay in place. Where is the advocacy for Haiti? I mean, that is the first, quote, unquote, black republic in the world. In reference to free itself from slavery, even in the Western Hemisphere, let's get it right now. I just again, I'm not trying to criticize or talk about my about my brothers and sisters. That's far from the intent. I hope I'm not offending anybody in any kind of way. I'm just putting the question out there because I'm wondering about President Obama's trip going to the continent. Now, it's very interesting about Egypt because. It's funny that the black folks are making fun of, are making about anything about a trip to Egypt, yet they, we need to remember that Egypt was part of the continent until people found out that uh, Western you know civilization a lot of civilization from in, in Europe came from Egypt or the Middle East or Africa. Then they wanted to separate Egypt from the continent. They made they made it an Arab country. So enough of uh, of, of one side of the water. Let's let's go to the other side of the water to the Africans. Now, he's an African. I'm putting that question out there. I, I know, to me, an African is someone that's born on the continent. Folks born on the continent. I mean, what? I mean, because someone, you know, there are Africans that look like Brad Pitt. There are Africans that look like Denzel Washington. Not all Africans look like the King and Queen series that Budweiser did years ago. Annabelle was not dark-skinned. <laughs> And he didn't look like he didn't look like Michael Clark Duncan. All right. Severus was dark skinned, the Emperor of Rome. And you can prove it because the Romans made a statue of him. Uh, they made a bust of him. Dark skinned. So, people. Africans. What is an African? Years ago I was doing my African heroes presentation. And we, I, I wanted to talk about, I believe it was Nefertiti or Cleopatra. I think it was that Cleopatra. And I sent out to the brothers, St. Paul's going to honor at this African-American history, uh, African hero, it was called African Heroes Day. The reason why I called it that is because I was getting so annoyed with Black History Month that they would, because they would only talk about the Africans when the boat landed. They acted like we came with no history or anything like that. So my question, my, he might just a uh, cool brother on me brother from L.A., always down with the cause, always down with the mission. He uh, said, you know, I can't talk about Cleopatra. I believe it was Cleopatra. It was, in, it was one of those two. I said, why not? He goes, because she's not African. I'm like, well, what, what do you mean? She was born with, no, her parents or her great parents were of Greek descent or what have you. I'm like, okay. She was born in Africa. She grew up in Africa, and that's all she knows is Africa, the Egyptian region. What's the problem? He was really adamant, saying the brothers would give me a hard time about that. I said, well, bring him on. They could bring the knowledge with him to support their argument. I'm not going to argue about, you know, whatever, but I said, let me call my brother Tope in Boston. Tope is Nigerian, born here, but he always considered himself Nigerian first. In fact, I've, we've known each other since the sandbox days, and I didn't know until like 1999, 2000, that he even spoke his, his, his ethnic language. <laughs> I was kind of stunned. So, anyways, we we called uh, Tope the one of three way, and I said, Tope, I said, what's going, on, brother? And I had Harold. I had my friend Harold on the phone, and we have a question. He goes, "What's the question?" I said, "What do you consider Nefertiti to be?" Tope, without hesitation, said, "She's African. She was born there. She grew up there. That's all she knows." My friend Harold didn't really want to hear that, and I said to him, "I said, Harold, you know, if that's the case, then you're." And this goes out to a lot of people. If the fact that her descendants were Greek, but she was born on the continent, 
if that doesn't make her African, then a lot of these pe- a lot of the brothers and sisters here can't call themselves African because down their lineage there are Anglo's in the in the family tree. So can they really call themselves African? And if they want to go technically about calling themselves Americans, people need to do the research of where the word America came from. This goes America. Do the research where the name came from. So folks are identifying with a guy, with a, a, a culture that they don't have roots in, and identifying with a, a name that, can't, that, that comes from Europe. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? So Africans, don't think you off the hook. Because too many of us come to the continent looking down the brothers and sisters. The reason being is that as, they, as the brothers see and the sisters see videos of us with our flies flying around our stomach and all that stuff, blah, 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 we see the images of black women on stripper poles and rap videos and brothers being rappers and sports people. What we, don't, we make the mistake of not learning each other's history. Contrary to popular belief, Africans are not lined up at the embassy trying to get to America. And African, my African brothers and sisters, why are we separating ourselves from North Africa? Why is it a lot of Ghanaian brothers, particularly when I spoke during uh, Obama's uh, campaign, uh, when it came to, I believe, his uh, health plan or what have you, why are we separating ourselves from the rest of the continent? By that, we're saying, Ghana is the first African country to get its independence in sub-Saharan Africa, black Africa. As just to say, the North African struggle is other, not important, insignificant, and has no value. Study the history of Egypt. Study the history of Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Mauritania. Hannibal came from up there. Severus came from up there. Al-Bayek came from up there. We need to remember that when the, Sahara, when the Sahara Desert was more grass than desert, there was transcontinental trade between West Africa, Benin, Ghana, what have you, and Egypt, back and forth. So why are we separating ourselves from North Africa, Africans? Why are we so determined to say, well, you know, Ghana was the first country to get its independence on, uh, on Sub-Saharan Africa? Okay. But it wasn't the first African country to achieve its independence. And you, we won't even get into Liberia at this moment because that's not the conversation together. Those, those, those freed slaves from America went over to Liberia, what was, what is now Liberia, and basically committed a genocide against the ethnic Africans there and took over. That's why the evil Liberians are the ones, the descendants of the Africans who came from America, are the ones who have been running that country ever since then. Let's not get it twisted about this, oh, they're, you know, they're independent. and that. No, they committed ethnic cleansing against their own people, you know, Africans, because they looked down on the people from the bush. So, Africans, why are we so looking towards anything that separates us among ourselves? We didn't make the borders. We'll get that out the way. But at the same time, my Africans, what exactly is an African? Tell me. To me, is a person born on the continent. Charlize Theron, the actress. She's South African. When she came, she can speak English. And she is so nationalistic when it comes to Africa. She says every year she has to go back to touch the dirt. I think she's from Bomani. I think there's like a Hall of Fame there or something like that. Walk of Fame there, her and somebody else. I remember Tope told me a story. He's at a job with him and an Anglo, this white guy. And the white guy looked at Tope and said, man, we're the only minority. I guess we're the minorities here. And they both started laughing. Well, I left a part out for you while I tell you a little story. The white guy is from South Africa. He considered himself South African. So as far as he's concerned, he and Tope were the minorities there. So Africans, tell me, what definition of African are you following? Because let me tell you what a guy named George Frazier said about us. Not too long ago, I had a smiley's uh, stay of the union. He said, black Americans, this is George Frazier, Frazier Neck, cool guy, very, uh, very advocative about entrepreneurship and social empowerment. He said, 
that black, black Americans are the moral beacon for blacks around the world. Nobody lives like us. And that the Africans are waiting for us to come save them. He said this on Tavis Smiley, Stay the Union, George Frazier, of Frazier Net. Look it up. I believe he made the saving part on different segments, but go to YouTube and check it out. So Africans, is our definition of what Africa African in is, is it being subjugated to what the black Americans feel is what an African is and should be? Because the battle we have is that too many of our brothers and sisters are defining what an African is and trying to fit us Africans in that box. And when we don't, they say, you're not really African. I remember working at the county for L.A., not county jail, the county of L.A., and the uh, brother, I think, actually I think it was Latino, walked up to me, we was talking, he says, yeah, we had a conversation. He goes, yeah, my teacher said, you know, you can, he was like a late uh, teenager at night, like 20, 21, no, it wasn't, he was in his early 20s. He said, yes, my teacher said you can, you can tell an African. I'm like, really? I said, well, how, well, how, how can you tell? Because he had no clue I wasn't from here. He said, because they have a bone on their nose. They have like a certain bridge on their nose. That said, that can tell you that they're African. So I looked at him, I said, that's interesting. I said, because I'm African. You see a bone, a bridge on my nose? He's like, no. I said, you need to be careful about what stereotypes are. They're Latinos who look, who look like they could be from the Middle East. They're Middle Eastern who look like they're from Guatemala. They're Guatemalans who look like they could be from, from Eastern Congo. So, President Obama is going to take his trip to the continent. He's going to go to the slave chambers. I'm sure it's going to be emotional for him. It'll probably be more emotional for uh, Michelle Obama. But we don't have, you know, I've never really seen Obama's thoughts on this. But I have read his book, you know, something of his father. I can't remember the whole title. And it's a very interesting book. Me, I'm Congolese. I was born in Congo. My adopted home is Boston, Massachusetts, the United States. I don't really pay attention to people that try to label me. Is he African-American or is he African? For the Africans, they feel I'm too American when they hear me talk. The Americans, once they're around me long than five minutes, feel I'm just too African, too radical, something like that. So, as today's show said, oh, President Obama is going to unveil his vision in Ghana, they're saying. I think he should have went to Kenya to highlight the situation there. If not there, he, I, I believe he should have went to Congo to bring attention to what's going on there. Going to Ghana, there's, a lot, there's like a little enclave of black Americans that live there. Okay, that's nice. Okay, that's cool. But they have their own problems with petrol and stuff like that. And this last election, I saw the clear division within the Ghanaian community here in L.A. And it was very fascinating, and I enjoyed the fact of learning their perspective on the elections and what have you. So now, as we are we, as Africans, putting too much pressure on President Obama to do something for us. Yes, he went to the continent. Yes, he saw his father's grave. Yes, he saw the people. But he's American. His pride will always be American first. Africans, we are the ones whose vision of Africa should matter. Case closed. It's our continent. Our vision matters. Who cares what President Obama's vision is for Africa? You're African, if you want to go in that sense, because he was born here. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what's going to get said. We'll see what's going to be done. I think that what we need to do is let's step back and look at the labels we put on our own people. Are we doing a harm? We have constituency for Africa. Basically, they feel they're the spokespeople for Africa. But no African ever pointed to them to be our spokesperson on the continent. We have people, all these NGOs making money off of Africa, off the situation in Congo. They're not even Congolese. It's our country. So people... As we go to another song here, I want you to think about the labels. What is black? 
what is African to you? And are there any stereotypes in that labeling that you're not aware of that may be keeping us apart and not bringing us together? Dwayne The Rock Johnson said he was biracial. His father was black American. His father is American. His mother is Samoan. And I saw a picture of her. She's as dark as me, if not darker. But I guess Samoans are seen as a different ethnicity, a different race. Those are very interesting. Do these labels even make a difference in the end? I'm asking you. I am asking you. So, people, tell me, in your opinion, are we expecting too much from President Obama as Africans that he will speak for Africa? Brothers and sisters, are we grasping at Obama because of his skin, the color of his skin relative to the other presidents? He has been in office a little over 100 days, but Africans, we can't be looking at people outside the culture, the continent, to elevate the continent. It's the Africans have to do that. Conversely, we need to, as Africans, understand the black experience as its relative in America to our brothers and sisters in the continent. Uh, and I'm sorry, in the in, uh, United States. They're not all rappers. They're all not strippers. They're all not prostitutes. They're all not athletes. There's a history that we need to know which will make us appreciate our brothers and sisters here in the continent. Conversely, we need to, as Africans, to stop separating ourselves by, yes, Ghana got its independence, but they're not the first country on the continent to get independent. Obama's already been to Africa, and there's been no fanfare from the black community. Why is that? And again, I'm posing the question to you. I'm not saying I have all the answers. You may say something that will spark a thought in me. Hopefully I've said something that's going to spark a thought in you. But when it comes down to the roots, when it comes down to the end game, is it all just a waste of time talking about what is black, what is African? Because my experience as a, as a black-skinned African being in America is different from a brother who's of black skin coming from Oakland or a sister who's of black, dark, and I mean black, I mean dark skin, what have you. We'll say non-George Bush complexion and darker. Michael Jackson on off the wall, okay? How we go? Are you with me? So what is the black experience? Do we all, like some of these movies show in this country, all of us sit around the dinner table eating fried chicken? Even Wesley Snipes said that's not true. A lot of these movies take place in the South, though, the migration from the South. But is the experience of the black folk different in Oregon versus L.A.? Queen Latifah said it wasn't really until the hip-hop video started coming out from the West Coast that she didn't know, she didn't, she didn't know that the brothers and sisters was, was catching that kind of hell down there in L.A., she didn't know what the scene was down there in L.A. when it came to brothers and sisters. She didn't know. She's coming out of New York. So that experience is different. The Bloods and the Crips L.A., you know, the crack wars up in, 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 in New York, racial segregation, the battle for, for, for uh, uh, desegregation in Boston. I lived that. They didn't see me and say, oh, there's a black African. They looked at me and said, there's a black guy, you know, let's kill him. We have six minutes left. I want to know what you think. I want you to email me a question if you can. I know we have a little server issues. I see you guessed 6064. Hello, how are you? Don't know your name, but welcome. Hope you've enjoyed the ride. Definitely send, you know, you hear the whole show in the beginning. And I think I'm going to do the show again because I want to get a friend of mine. I want to have a different point of view from other people. I, can, I grew up back home in the continent and here, so I can see both sides of the equation. But I'd like to, as I spoke in our conversation with uh, Tanya Jamison some time ago, i really like to speak to the brothers and sisters from here and get their point of view. In a couple of days, President Obama is going to be in Ghana, and they're going to welcome him back and things like that. I still think he should went to Kenya or Congo to show the situation that's going on there. Well, he's going to go to Ghana, he's going to see the slave chains. But President Obama is not a descendant of slaves, captured Africans that came from the west coast of Africa. Now, his father's history may be different. I don't know his whole father's history. His father may be 
may have ancestors who were slaved, enslaved by the Arab slave traders because we had to deal with them. So it would be very interesting to hear President Obama's take on this because a lot of people here are saying it's going to be an emotional return for him. But I think maybe it's emotional for a lot of people supporting him. I think a lot of people are putting their hopes and aspirations on his shoulders. And is that fair? Just because his skin may look like yours doesn't mean he has to fight for your fight. Doesn't mean that his experience is the same experience as yours. So we're going to end this with the four minutes left of asking, what is the black experience? What is black? What is African? When the sun goes down, does not matter? If it's your identity, fine. But when MC Hammer came out, a lot of the hardcore hip-hop was saying, he ain't black, he's a sellout. He's doing commercials, and he's doing these ads, and he's selling Pepsi. Well, isn't it kind of funny, a couple years later, wasn't it LL who was in the Gap commercial? I like how he flowed for us, by us, during the Gap commercial, talking about FUBU. A lot of these rappers do the same thing Hammer did back in the day. But they're not considering themselves sellouts, commercials, hair products, sports products, TVs, TV shows, what have you. Jimi Hendrix said he was getting a lot of pressure from like, the, the, the hardcore brothers saying he should speak more on the black experience of what was going on at the time. He said he is. His experience is different. And he was using a different way to do it, using music. That's what Motown did, as Luther Vandross said. I believe it was Luther that said, the great late Luther, who's up there with Michael now, that he felt that you know, the civil rights movement influenced the Motown sound, but he felt that to a greater extent the Motown sound influenced the civil rights movement. It goes deeper into the black culture because, tell me, as the brothers out of Philly, the Philly sound said, you can't do the Philly sound up there in Motown, and you couldn't do the Motown sound in Philly. Does that mean neither camps are black folk? Does it mean neither camp can't speak on the black experience? Does, um, baby, I need your loving from the four, top, four tops take, is that any less significant or Reach out, I'll be there, you know, by the four times. Is that any less significant than uh, backstabbers by the OJs? No. Does the fifth dimension, are they any different in, in importance than the Supremes? Two different regions, two different sounds, speaking to the black experience. That's related to their, where they came from, their region where they grew up. Same with Africa. Yes, you can say you're Canadian, you got the first independence, but you're not the first country to get independence on that continent. Let's make ourselves. Let's enjoy each other's success and accomplishments as Africans. That's what we need to do. Brothers and sisters in America, label someone as not being black enough or too black because we all have our own experience, no matter what shade the coloring is. People, side the binga. I'm gone. Thanks for tuning in. We'll rock a show next year. Next year, <laughs> we'll rock a show next Saturday. All right, I am gone. Take it easy. Hey, uh, Rock Kim, talk to me. Rock Kim, I think. Rock Kim, I think.
brothers try and others die to get the formula But on my left you sweat, you still ain't warm You a step away from frozen, stiff as if you're posing Digging through my brain as the rhyme gets chosen So follow me, I want you thinking you were first Let's travel at beneficent speeds around the universe What could you say as the earth gets further and further Away planets are small, the balls of clay Are straying through the Milky Way Worlds out of sight, far as the eye can see Not even a satellite, now stop and turn around And look, at the stand of darkness Your knowledge took so keep staring soon, you suddenly see a star, you better follow, it consists of all. This is a lesson if you guess it, if you follow in hurry, every step right off, you keep following the leader. Follow the leader, I can't 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 Follow the leader, I can't